0: Amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Good to see you on this Sunday morning. Brother Ken's going to come lead us now. Let's all worship the Lord together. Brother Ken.
1: Amen. In your blue songbook this morning, hymn number 246, we all know this old, old song by Fanny J. Cosby, Redeemed, How I Love to Proclaim It. We'll sing the first, second, last verse. Hymn number 246 this morning.
0: Let's remain standing for prayer this morning. Brother Tim's going to lead us. I want to give you just a couple of quick requests now, if I can. Uh, Pray for Brother Biggs. He'll be going for a procedure uh, this week. He'll be out for three weeks uh, with his heart procedure, so pray for him, if you would. Uh, Pray for, I put out yesterday, Sister uh, Missy Upchurch's mother. Uh, They called the family in after her uh, uh, heart surgery, so remember that family, if you would. uh, Touch and go there. Pray for Sister River Smith. I was out there a couple of days ago to see her, and uh, she just needs a touch of the Lord at this point so pray for her if you would and of course services today I got about 20 other requests that were given to me this morning but wanted to give you those that are uh, uh, in our church now so remember those if you would Brother Tim take us to the throne room this morning if you would please brother Helbert, pray for us
2: let's pray Grace heavenly Father God good morning for our salvation yeah thank you God for the gift of eternal life that you've given us Lord your son Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins God, we want to just lift up this morning each prayer request that yes. has been spoken, Lord, for the medical needs and just the family needs. And God, there's many people here this morning that's carrying burdens, Absolutely. Lord, and I pray that you will just lift them from their hearts, clear their minds, Lord, and just give them a little time that they can sit and just worship you and be loved. God, I thank you for everything that you do for us on a daily basis. I pray, God, today for our country. I pray for the leadership of this yes. country, Lord, that they will seek you and seek your guidance in the decisions that's made. We pray for those that's been through the tragedies, Lord. And God, we just ask that you have your will and way. We know that you're in control of everything that's going on, Lord, and I pray that you will just help the people of this country to realize that. I thank you, God, for this ministry here. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, Lord, and we pray that you will just show up here today, God, that you'll be with us singing and just use it to prepare our hearts, be with Brother Greg as he brings the message today, God. Just have him to speak the words that we need. Lord, just just use him as a messenger, God. Just work through him. And God, we just pray that if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, that they won't leave the building today without getting that right. We thank you, God, for loving us because we're so undeserving. We ask, God, that you just be with us. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Amen. You can be seated this morning. Pray for the choir, if you would love to hear Matt do this song, God, He Rescues Me. I hope it'll bless your heart.
3: I get closer. i
4: a mountain once again. Steve!
0: Choir. got several announcements to give to you this morning first of all just a reminder that at uh, 2 30 today we will have drama practice uh, scenes one through three that's a little bit of a change from what we had originally uh put out so note that if you would everybody in scenes one through three uh drama practice today we are having our regular services tonight at six o'clock so we hope to see you here at six o'clock you'll notice in the back that our operation Christmas child boxes are now available uh, those boxes need to be turned in by Wednesday November the 8th a lot of you have already given stuff for the year and we are, are for this uh, upcoming uh, uh, operation Christmas child and we will certainly be boxing those items up we are eminently grateful for that if you want to do your own individual box uh, then you can certainly do that everything needs to be turned in by November the 8th if you can provide the nine dollars for shipping uh, you can include that in the the box, but if you can't, we will take care of that uh, because of the t-shirt order and the things that we did in July. Uh, we should have enough. If you've got the $9, we'd sure appreciate that, you including it, but if not, we will take care of that on your behalf. Then next Sunday, a week from today, uh, for the ninth time here at Amazing Grace or Stanley Town's Amazing Grace Baptist, we'll have the witness with us during our 1045 service. Love these folks. Uh, they've been with us for many, many years now, and we always look forward to having them. Services will begin at 1045. There'll be no Sunday school uh, because they'll be setting up during that time, so you help us out with that. Uh, uh, drama practice will still commence uh, at 3 o'clock next week. Uh, it'll be a little bit longer or a little bit later starting due to the wisdoms being here with us, and we will provide the nursery workers uh, on that capacity, so you keep that in mind if you would. Uh, and then we have new items in place for our uh, Grace Network. We thank you for your generosity uh, in that behalf. So if you haven't called your attention to that, please note that if you would, uh, and the Lord will bless you for your generosity in that way. Then I got uh, three quick announcements here, all of which are semi-related, three things that I need to let you know about. First of all, uh, Brother David Terry and Sister Teresa, raise your hand.
5: Stand up. Stand up. Got married this week. Anna and Justin, stand up. Got engaged, Justin told me last week. I told him
0: it only took him only took him 52 years of dating, before he popped the question. Then uh, Drew grabbed. Drew's not here, but wave your hand, mama. And Daddy, Drew's getting married next week. so praise the Lord, he's in the military. He'll be getting married in Illinois. So you remember all three of those, if you would, please. James, come on, if you would. All the young folks, come on this morning. You're heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. You come make your way down, and you give obediently unto the Lord uh, with uh, uh, pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters. If you're visiting, they're going to come around and collect any loose change that you've got. You come on this morning. Take off, young folks. heading to Children's Church. Come on this morning. All right. Thank you so much. Ushers, make your way down this morning. If you would, please, Brother Scott's going to come get ready to sing for us you be obedient unto the Lord with tithes and offerings. God will richly bless you for that. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings. I kept waiting to see Summer and Wesley, but they're sitting back there. Raise your hand. Stand up, y'all. Amen. Sit way back yonder in the corner. I know you're pregnant, but you can stand up anyway. Amen. (laughs) Got that big old pocketbook covering up that belly. Always appreciate our military families joining us, and we're glad to have them today. Let's pray. Lord, bless the offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. Thank you,
5: Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord bless our preaching time bless brother Scott as he sings in Christ's name Amen.
6: once gone be
1: stand together one more time for a fellowship song hymn number 203 in your blue songbook. windows of heaven we'll sing it one time through have a time of fellowship hymn number 203
0: chapter 5 this morning, please. John chapter 5 in your Bibles this morning. We'll read verses 1 through 9 in your Bibles. John chapter 5. While you're turning there, I'll give you a couple of more prayer requests that were given to me. Uh, Pray for Sister Nadine Thomas's family. She had a death in her family, Uh, a cousin. Remember her or that family. Then I had mentioned to you about Sister Susan Atkins last week. I need to correct. Hospice has not been called in, but she's having in Healthcare. so remember, uh, Susan, we talked with her, so remember her, if you would, and Brother John Wasosky's been extremely sick for several weeks now. John 5, this morning in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 9, verses of Scripture that you are likely very familiar with, passages that speak to all of us regarding the fact that prior to salvation, we were dead in trespasses and sin. But post-salvation, there is a newness of life and a resurrection of our bodies spiritually. No passage speaks more clearly of that than the passage that we're about to look at this morning, John chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1. Let's look at it together if we could. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. There is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In there, or in these, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, and the trouble of the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there, which had an infirmity, thirty And eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. What a sad statement! What a horrible commentary he utters when he says, Sir, I have no man not realizing that standing before him was the God-man himself, not understanding that it was the great physician who was now staring him in the face and that the answer to everything he needed was speaking to him at this moment. Yet he says, Sir, I have no man. Again, when the waters is troubled, you put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise! Take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, it is with great honor that we open up the word of God and deliver it this morning. Lord, I pray that you would hide us behind the cross today. May we rid our minds of any distractions and for the next few moments, focus simply on the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us clarity of thought, most of all, clarity of heart so that we could spend attention and spend focused time rejoicing over the good things of God. Bless now the hour. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. We are told in Scripture of a place called Bethesda, which literally means the house of grace, a place where there were five porches. According to the Bible, at a certain season, an angel would descend to this pool of Bethesda, stir up the waters, and when that occurred, the first person who was able to get from a porch into the pool would be healed. I think you'll understand that while this was a tremendous blessing to the one person who was able to get there first, it only proved to be a disappointment to everyone else who were desperate for a little bit of healing. You see, only one person at a time could be healed. Only one person at a time could be touched. Only one person at a time could be delivered. And after that one healing, everyone was still stuck in the same spiritually or physically lost condition. On this particular day, as all the sick and the infirm were lying there waiting to the waters to move, Jesus passed by and walked on the porches. Let me set the scene, if I may. There were countless numbers of withered people people who were unable to walk people who were unable to move people whose bodies had been ravaged by disease and walking amongst the middle of them is the very king of kings the great physician himself he makes his way over to one individual person asks a specific question and is answered by some of the saddest commentary i think is present in all of scripture sir i have no man in these sick folks And especially in this man whom Jesus healed, uh, I hope you'll see this morning that we all reside. Our need of God and the solution that Jesus offers uh, is what salvation is all about. Let me say that one more time. Our need for God and the salvation, the solution that Jesus offers uh, is uh, what salvation is all about. I want to... With the help of the Lord, give you a message this morning that I'm simply entitled, Jesus is still passing by. Jesus is still passing by. Three things that I challenge us to note this morning in the story. Number one, if you would, please note the multitude that we see. The multitude that we see. There is much that we don't know about these folks, but we do know a few things. We do know, number one, that they are wretched. They're wretched in their physical state. A group of individuals uh, who have a whole multitude of physical conditions who are unable to walk, some of them, unable to move, some of them, perhaps some of them uh, having appendages uh, that were useless, Uh, physical in body, strength lapsing, uh, a group of people uh, that were probably, from a physical standpoint, very sad to look at, uh, pitiful to behold, uh, bodies twisted and sick. They were indeed a pitiful looking group of individuals. May I say to you this morning that in that pitiful state, in that wretched condition, they are a picture of lost humanity. You see, folks, I am reminded that the Bible is very clear that though the sinner may be healthy in body, absent the divine touch of the Lord Jesus Christ, the lost person is sick in soul. In fact, uh, oftentimes, individuals try to heal the brokenness of their lives uh, and the brokenness of their souls, uh, but nothing seems to work. Uh, But I am thankful for the fact that Jesus still passes by. Uh, I am thankful for the fact uh, that though the crowd uh, would avoid these folks, uh, though the people of Bethesda may not walk around these folks, uh, though it was a place to be avoided, uh, thank God that in the middle of the sickness, Jesus was still passing by. They were wretched. Not only were they wretched, I want you to note with me, sad of all, they were waiting. They were waiting. These people are waiting on the angel to come. They're waiting for the opportunity to get into the water and be healed. Unfortunately, that angel only comes in a certain season. We're not told how often. We're not told the lapse between the visit to visit, but we do know uh, that whenever the angel came and stirred the waters, the first one in uh, would be healed. I wonder how many times there was a false stirring. I wonder how many times the wind blew uh, and someone tried to roll in or run in as best they could uh, only to be disappointed. I wonder how many times there was a real stirring, the angel came, and countless numbers of people head to the pool, but the first one in is the only one healed, and countless are simply disappointed over and over and over. The amazing part in my mind is that while they were waiting, the great physician is standing right in the middle of them, and no one notices. While they are waiting for the angel to stir, while they're waiting for someone to to be healed, the great physician is right there in the middle of them and no one pays him any attention. Very one who could have healed the entire multitude is standing there in the midst and no one notices him. I say again, what a picture of lost humanity, church. People today, more so than ever, struggle with bondage and sinful oppression i don't believe uh, brother keith would mind me sharing this but every wednesday night when we take prayer requests uh, he is the first to remind us to pray for those who are struggling uh, with alcohol and addiction to drugs There are many of us in the congregation who've been there. You've been under sinful bondage. You know what addiction is like. You know what pornography is like. You know what the sinful life is like. What a picture of lost humanity. But I say again, thank God, though the crowd was avoided, Jesus wasn't afraid to step in the middle. I say again that He's not afraid to reach out to the addict. He's not afraid to reach out to the drunk. He's not afraid to reach out to the whoremonger. I'm glad that two Thousand years after this story was written, Jesus is
5: still passing by. They're wretched. They're raiding. Number one, the multitude in this story. I want you to
0: notice, secondly, the man in this story. We narrow our attention from the broad audience down to the very specific person. That's the way God always operates. He sends out the message to whosoever but he interacts with a one-on-one. He sends out the message to anyone, but he interacts with a specific entity. And so God uh, directs his attention, not to the entire crowd, but to one specific individual. What do we know about this man? Not a lot, but we know enough. Number one, I want you to know with me that he was disabled. Disabled. Look in verse number five, if you would. The Bible says, a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years for thirty-eight years, this man was unable to do for himself for thirty-eight years. this man doubtless had to be carried everywhere he went for thirty-eight years. This man was forced to beg through life for thirty-eight years. Uh, this individual was totally helpless, totally uh, unable uh, to do a thing for himself. Uh, And I pause a moment and say, what a picture uh, of the individual sinner that is. When we look at the crowd, uh, we see the lost seas of humanity. uh, But when we look at the man, we see the individual uh, who before God has nothing to offer, who before God is dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, We see the individual uh, that simply is unable to reach out to God uh, because God uh, has not called him to himself. He's disabled. Not only is he disabled, he's desperate. Look at verse number five, if you would, please. Again. A certain man was there, had an infirmity. Thirty-eight years. Where was he? He was there. What does that matter, Pastor? The fact that he's there at that pool means he's desperate. The fact that he's there at that pool in the middle of that crowd, in the midst of those folks means that he's desperate, willing to do anything, willing to try whatever is left for physical healing. Here is a man who, if the angel came, would have to try and drag his body off of the cart to get to the pool. Certainly, time and time again, he was beaten. Time and time again, he wasn't the first one there. And imagine that pitiful scene. At the risk of trying to even gross you out, imagine for just a moment as dozens, if perhaps not hundreds of bodies uh, lay around those five porches uh, there with a pool in the middle. Imagine the scene as the angel comes and stirs the water uh, and these people literally try to elbow themselves uh, and roll themselves over uh, doing whatever it takes to try to get healed, uh, divine touch. May I say to you this morning, The thing that amazes me most about the lost seas of humanity and about the individuals who need to be saved is that they will seemingly try everything and anything but God. What do you mean, pastor? They try religion and they find out that it doesn't work. They try works, and they find out that it doesn't work. They try support groups and multi-step plans. And while all of them have their place, would you listen to me this morning? Placing all of those ahead of Jesus for salvation is a recipe for failure. But I say yet one more time, thank God that Jesus is still passing
5: by. He was disabled. He was desperate. And he was also disappointed. He was disappointed. Verse 7, I believe, is some of the saddest words in all of Scripture. When Jesus speaks to this man in verse number 6 and says, if I may
0: paraphrase, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be touched? He says to the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the great physicians, he says, sir, I have no man. May I pause just a moment and say what a sad statement that was. Undoubtedly, somebody had to bring him there. He couldn't have gotten there by himself. Somebody had to make him... uh, there if you would helped him to get to that place uh, somebody had to bring him food uh, somebody uh, had to do uh, the little things to help him uh, but when it came to the most important thing of his life uh, helping him get to that divine pool he had nobody time and again this man had seen others get to the pool ahead of
5: him time and again his dreams of a completely whole life shattered. Time and again, he's
0: forced to drag that wounded, battered, diseased, broken body back to that old pallet, wait again for the angel to come by. Time and again, he gets his hopes up, only to see them dash. Time and again, he thinks, uh, maybe next time, maybe next time, uh, only to see the next time fail him yet one more time. May I pause a second? Say to everybody in the building, religion and good works will fail you. Being a good person will fail you. Trusting in the goodness of God will fail you. Your family associations will fail you. Your church affiliation will fail you. Turning over a new leaf will fail you. Trying to be a better person will fail you. If you trust in anything other than Jesus and His blood, you will be disappointed over and over and over again. I could look at that man. He were to look up and say, I need to be healed, but I have no man. I'd look at him and say, I know a man. Lost person, may I say to you this morning, uh, you've tried everything. Uh, You've done the new leaf. Uh, You've tried to be a better person, uh, only to find yourself encapsulated in bondage and sin all over again. And you say, I've got nobody to help me out. I know a man. I know a man who can heal the wounded heart. I know a man who can save the lost soul. I know a man who can put marriages back together. I know a man uh, who can bring back the wayward child. I know a man who can bless the church. I know a man who can bless the home. I know a man that can do nothing that anybody else can do. I know a man who can. He says,
5: I have no man. Not realizing that the man standing right in front of him. Notice with me. Number one, he said the multitude in the story. Number two, the
0: man,
5: the story. I want you to notice number three, the Messiah. Story. You see, Jesus does what Jesus did. Look at verse number six, if you When Jesus saw him
0: lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case think with me church and note with me that the master the messiah he had compassion he had compassion when nobody else would talk to these people jesus would when nobody else would come around these folks jesus did when nobody else would have anything to do with these people. Jesus did. How do you know, Pastor? There are three ways that I submit to you Jesus showed compassion. You need to get this uh, because it's a beautiful picture of our salvation. Number one, Jesus chose him amongst everyone else.
5: Everybody around was sick. Everybody around
0: needed a touch. Everybody around needed healing, but Jesus chose that one. May I say to you this morning, that is a spectacular picture of grace. Would you amen me? That man didn't do anything to get Jesus' attention. That man didn't have anything special to get Jesus' attention. That man didn't do anything out of the ordinary that would warrant the attention of Jesus. But out of the masses of the people there, Jesus notices him and Jesus makes his way towards him. If you can't praise the Lord for anything this morning, uh, you can praise the Lord for the fact uh, that out of the masses of humanity, uh, he saw through the forwardness of time, and he chose you uh, to bring the saving message. Uh, He chose you uh, out of his sovereignty to bring his love and attention uh, out of everybody that he could have saved. Uh, Thank God he came to you. Squire Parsons said it like this uh, 25 years ago. When I could not come to where he was, Thank God he came to me. What grace, what compassion, what mercy. Notice, uh, not only did Jesus choose him, but I want you to notice uh, he also commanded him. Look at verse number eight, if you would. This is spectacular. After the man has said, I have no man, I have no body, Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Think with me now. Out of the sea of the masses of humanity, Jesus chose him. Out of all of the individuals that Jesus could have selected, he chose him. He came to him. He made his way to him. And now he offers him a divine touch. He says, all you've got to do is get up and walk. Now this man is faced with the greatest decision of his life. Do I accept in childlike faith what this man has said? Or do I tell him all the reasons why I can't? Do I tell him that I've been laying here for 38 years, I can't get up? Do I tell him that I've tried everything, I can't get up? Do I tell him all of the reasons why this won't work? Or do I, in simple childlike faith, hearing the voice of God, do I simply get up and do what he says? Or do I reject him and go lay back down? Would you listen to me this morning? There's far too many people who, having heard the voice of God, simply reject it and do all the things that they've always said they couldn't do and just lay back down with the masses of humanity. But thank God for those who hear the voice of God, who recognize the voice of God, and in simple childlike faith, raise up and begin walking a brand new
5: pathway. Didn't just choose him. He commanded. Notice. Third way, displays the grace. He controls it. Verse number nine. Immediately, man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. I call your attention to the fact that there was no second work of grace. God didn't wait
0: for him to speak in a foreign language. God didn't tell him to do something unusual. He simply told him to rise up and walk. And miraculously, instantly, by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, this man was healed. Jesus spoke, the man was healed, and he simply walked away. I want to call your attention to what he didn't do. Because what he didn't do is what I see in my heart of hearts, breaking, though it is, far too many believers today. They will hear the voice of God. They'll listen to the voice of God. They'll accept and they'll rise up and they'll take three or four steps. Then they'll turn around and go right back where they laid down to begin with. May I say to you that when this man was healed, uh, he walked away. He didn't walk backwards. Uh, He didn't need to be with that crowd. He didn't need to be with that crowd anymore. He didn't need to be with the sick and the lame anymore. He'd been touched. He'd been healed. He'd been set aside. He was different now, and so he walked away from that old multitude. Would you look at me this morning, child of God? God didn't save you to get you back in the pig pen. He didn't save you for you to lay down with the halt and the withered and the lame. He saved you to give you a brand new life, a life abundantly and joyful. So I submit to you, get away from that old sick crowd. Get out of the hog pit and start walking a brand new
5: path. Told him. Notice, finally this morning, last thing I want you to see, that this
0: crippled man, this really astounds me. I've read this a thousand times, preached from it for probably half a dozen and never thunk about it till I thunk about it this way.
5: If I was one of the folks laying there, and I saw that happen, I think I'd probably be, me next, me next, Lord please, me next. Scripture, silent. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen.
0: That doesn't mean it wasn't the case. But it boggles my mind to think uh, that after uh, witnessing a divine healing uh, and this man who had been sick for 38 years walk away, uh, that the entire
5: multitude did not say, hey, It makes Much as that boggles my mind, boggles it even more, when I see a drunk get divinely saved, and the family laughs at him. What boggles my mind even more when I see a drug addict
0: uh, lay aside the needle. God does a miraculous work in his life. Uh, and everybody ought to be celebrating uh, and rejoicing. Uh, but 95% of them say, give him five minutes. It won't be long. What boggles my mind is the amount of believers who look at what God's doing and begin to question. I submit to you this morning, you would think when the lost world sees an old sinner saved that it would have an impact on him. You would think that when the church sees a sinner saved, they would rejoice and shout. But what boggles my mind this morning is that too often Jesus walks in the midst, does the miraculous, and walks right back out.
5: And we never thank him a single time for what he does. Oftentimes, Jesus passes by, and we never even notice. If he is noticed, sometimes he's perceived as nothing more than a new. Sad. Can I simply say, simply say this morning, there's still a lost sea of humanity.
0: There's still plenty of people who need a touch. Jesus is still passing by you're here today and you've never met him, may I say to you, Jesus is still passing by. There's people in our congregation who rightfully, week after week, request prayers for their loved ones. Can I say to every one of you, Jesus is still passing by. You keep praying. You keep calling out his name or her name. May I say to you uh, that until the trumpet sounds uh, and the last saint of God is called
5: out of here, uh, Jesus is still passing by. Stand to your feet. Sir, I have no man. Dead. I have no man, not understanding that the man staring him in the face. I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. No one's looking. I want to ask two simple questions. Number one, heads bowed and eyes closed. You say, Pastor, I'm saved. But there is someone in my family that
0: I know fits this man's description. Pray for them.
5: Boy, there's hands going up all over this building. You can put them down. Before I ask the second question, I want to encourage you, if you just now raised your hand,
0: why don't you step out? Say, Pastor, I've prayed so many times. My Bible tells me that the fervent prayer of a righteous man, we know that means man, woman,
5: boy, or girl, availeth much. Would you come? Now let me ask you a second question. Ask you a second question. So many folks have moved this. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you a very important question. You say, Pastor, I am that man. I am that individual. I've never been saved. Pray for me. You, you say, I don't know if I'll go to heaven, but I know I don't want to go to hell. Pray for me. Anyone like that? Father, we thank
0: you for the movement of the people this morning. We thank you for your presence today. God, we thank you that you are still passing by. That's the invitation. And as he sings, in Christ's name, sing for us, Brother Ken. You need to come. You come this morning. Would you come? Sing it with us. You can look this way, but understand the words now. 3 o'clock, 2.30, excuse me, 2.30 for drama practice. 6 o'clock for evening services tonight. You join us this evening. Brother Ken. you've got the mic. Dismiss us in prayer, buddy.